Assalamualaikum, Salam Ramadan Hi, you're back with another episode of Salam Farihin Ramadan series Hope everyone's Ramadan has been productive and memorable so far If you haven't feel very satisfied with how your Ramadan has been Don't worry, you've still got a lot of chances to pick up the pace or to start taking that first step <laughs> as the title suggests today's set of topics will be picked out from Imam Dr. Omar Sulaiman's book Allah Loves it felt somewhat intentional to be grouped together but truthfully it's purely coincidental and I'm excited to share this lovely gem with you today hope you'll be able to benefit from this one inshallah enjoy Following up from taqwa, tawbah, ihsan, and angelic praise, we now move on to the topic of supplication, otherwise known as du'a. But not just any du'a or supplication, we'll be touching about making sincere supplication. From reading the very first paragraph of this chapter, I was reminded by one of the love letters, I believe, from Ka Aida Aslin about what is the adab in making supplication to Allah SWT. Even though Allah is Al-Wahhab, the All-Giving, we should still remember that Allah SWT is our Almighty Creator, that we should humble ourselves and remember how small and fragile we are when we face Allah and especially when we ask from Him. So like Ka'ida Azlin's love letter, this book highlighted that du'a is generally broken down into al-thana wa al-talab, which is to praise him and then to ask him. Which really makes sense though. You know when we were little kids, we'd be helping out our parents in the kitchen or helping our moms fold the laundry just so we could get something out of it? <laughs> like ask if we could eat candy or ice cream after or go out to ride a bike with the neighbors haven't we all been there having said that remember that Allah SWT is nowhere similar to us who are mere servants of him Allah is our razak the all provider so why would the bestower of sustenance need anything from us unlike our parents who might need our help our friends and ourselves actually truth be told when we praise Allah when we ask from Allah we are actually bringing ourselves closer to Allah and that is already one big amazing thing that is blessed to us now top it all off with the fact that Allah loves when we ask for him through sincere supplication it's like you're doubling your chances to be among those beloved by Allah. And mashallah, isn't that such a privilege? I think one realization that got to me when I was reading this chapter was 
realizing that I often overlook or underestimate the benefit behind making a du'a. Often, the idea of du'a, for me, is to ground myself. To remember that I am nothing without Allah and that Allah is never not going to provide to those who ask. I always think of du'a as a means to an end, which is to ask and in the end attain something. This chapter, however, does not only speak to me about grounding myself and asking from he who is a razak, but instead emphasize that du'a is a way to maximize that direct connection that we have with Allah. This is because in Surah Al-Waqarah, there is an ayah that goes, When my servants ask of me, I am near. I answer the call of the caller when he calls upon me. Connecting the dots from making sincere du'as to knowing that Allah is near is just super powerful and it definitely flipped the idea of making du'a a whole 180 degrees for me. Additionally, it says in the book that Umar, may Allah's mercy be upon him, said, When I make du'a, I don't concern myself with a response. The only thing that I concern myself with is the ability to make this application. And honestly, it, it, it can't get any more grounding than that. How silly of me. I never take advantage of my direct line to Allah to just connect with my creator 100%. It's like thinking you could only eat one type of food at a time when your body has the ability to take in more than one type of food simultaneously to fully enjoy the experience. Boy, have I been missing out. Not any more of this, I hope. <laughs> but anyways, next, the chapter talks about effort. The actual title of this chapter is Allah loves those who are trying and this is honestly very self-explanatory especially for us who as I mentioned in the previous episode are humans who cannot run away from sin at least not completely but as it was also mentioned in the previous episode, Allah Taala created us in such a way that we are capable of dealing with sin to the best of our abilities. And Allah loves those who are trying. Particularly in this month of Ramadan, you know those memes or stories about how women are only starting to dress modestly and wearing the hijab when it's Ramadan and everyone is suddenly praying five times a day plus perform taraweh and even reciting the Quran. Yet there are always those very kind-hearted people who would motivate and just support everyone. They'd be like, let them be. At least you know they're putting effort this beautiful blessed month. And I, I totally love that. And if I've not emphasized enough, that's really the beauty of Ramadan. Ramadan is just that wonderful month of self-cleanse that it just moves the heartstrings of people to emerge as that very beautiful version of themselves. 
instead of putting them off, we should praise them, just as Allah would. For these people are actually making effort to plant the seeds in their hearts and try to please Allah during the month of Ramadan. Plus, wouldn't we want the people around us to be supportive, positive, and continue to shower us with motivation and make du'a for us so that we continue to become the best version of ourselves? I'd be pretty devastated that the minute I decide to change for Allah, someone just shush me and tell me I'm not worthy and that my effort will not be considered. So let's exercise to praise those who are trying. Let's give them all the support that we can and most importantly, love them just as Allah does. And best of all, let's join them. Following up to effort, the third chapter for this episode talks about Allah's love for tears and traces. Tears and traces are significant, particularly in our journey of self-betterment and most importantly, as servants of Allah. As mentioned by Rasulullah on the day of judgment, a person would be asked about their body and what they did with them while they're in dunya. Speaking of tears and traces, now tears, tears are one of the most essential proof of our spiritual and deep connection with Allah. Tears that come with our dua, our worship, our repentance, our praise, and our remembrance of Allah. When we remember how vast the mercy of Allah, when we shed a tear and remind ourselves how small we are, how helpless we are without Allah, there are evidence of our love for Allah. Plus, Rasulullah said that the eye that sheds a tear for Allah wouldn't be touched by the fire. And while tears aren't painful to produce, traces, however, are another type of deal. Imagine the shed of tears saving you from the punishments of the hereafter. Now what about the hands that are rough from helping to do the dishes and clean the house as acts of charity? and these rough hands can also save you from the fire? What about the hurting back from carrying all those heavy loads of grocery or wood or clothes that you donate to the poor? The cuts on your fingers as traces of you flipping pages to educate kids who are not able to attend schools? The sounds of your bones cackling from performing prayers to connect with Allah. All of these tears and traces are proof of your making full use of yourself to serve Allah. And that is what will make you so beloved to Allah. Mashallah. And now finally, to complete the set from today's episode, we have come to the final topic of the day, which is on tawakkul. Or putting your trust in Allah. Now I'm pretty sure that a lot of us are familiar with the hadith about the tying of 
the camel before tawakkul. But why is it important to put our trust in Allah? How does it benefit us? Now, in order to complete the circle from the taqwa to the tawbah, all the way to the dua, the effort, would it be a full circle if at the end of it all, we don't trust Allah with our affairs? Or trust Allah in general? Not only do we deprive ourselves from Allah's love when we don't put our trust in Allah, but we are also wasting all that effort and act of taqwa and tawbah. Because say we performed tawbah, then we make dua. But it's taking so long for this dua to be answered. So we start to question whether Allah is listening or whether Allah will consider our request. We start to question whether we are even worthy or that our prayers are making any difference at all. And then slowly, this can make one create a distance between themselves and Allah. Ugh, isn't that terrifying? When you don't put your ultimate trust in Allah to trust His judgment, His timing, His plans, and knowing that Allah will only want the best for you, it'll not do you any good. Now, not only does putting trust in Allah brings us closer to Allah, it also makes us eligible to be loved by Allah. Because Allah loves those who put their trust in Him. Now, when we ask Allah, remember that Allah loves those who ask of Him, we're doing that which is loved by Allah. And because we ask Allah, it means that we do trust Allah. And we are not in any way objecting to leave our affairs to Him, which again is something that Allah loves. That's double power right there. And before I end this topic, I do want to highlight the three ways or levels to trust Allah as summarized by Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah. May Allah have mercy on him. He says, level one is trust like how we trust an agent. We give instructions for an agent to carry out, but if they make a mistake or that they can't deliver, we lose trust and we will try to replace them. But Allah, the All-Provider, is not like this though, so let's explore level 2. He says level 2 is the type that a child has for their mother. A child can fail and fail and fail again, but a mother's love is always so strong for them. Thus, a child can always count on their mothers and find comfort in trusting them. This is so beautiful and I thought level 2 is already super high level of trust. But then there's level 3. The trust of level 3 took me off guard because it says that the trust in this level is like that of a dead person trusting those washing him. The dead person puts their entire reliance and trust that the ones washing this person will not bear any ill will and ensure that they're completely clean and safe with them. This kind of trust never crossed my mind before. This kind of 
comparison. Now, this level of trust is amazing. If we have it with Allah, it totally equates to letting ourselves fall into His embrace, His vast mercy, His plans, and basically everything. This level of trust is when we trust that Allah will not leave us alone in times of our dire need, in every difficult situation, in every moment of weakness and darkness in our lives. And it is this kind of trust that will bring us so close to Allah. Inshallah, may we be amongst those who put our entire reliance to Allah. Inshallah. Phew. I hope that wasn't a lot to digest and that today's episode was beneficial to you as it was to me when I read the book. I was honestly astonished that the four chapters following up from the previous set of chapters happened to be this very complete set that originates from the root that is Dora. With that, I would like for us to make the effort from the minute we finish listening to this episode to be more sincere with our Dora, more earnest when we try, more honest with our tears and traces, and lastly, more trusting, inshallah. Let's try to practice to make that one very honest, sincere Dora. Let's do a challenge. Make one Dora a day that you put 100% focus and sincerity on, that you at least shed a tear for, and then even let your body feel itself ache from sitting too long on that prayer mat as you converse and connect with Allah. And then, after making the dua, tell your heart that, okay, I've talked to my creator, I've let him know of my worries, my prayers, my pain, and even my happiness. The weight is lifted now from my shoulders as I have fully put my trust and reliance to he who is all-providing, all-giving. I can return to my activities in this dunya and be at peace with performing my duties that pleases Allah as I leave my affairs with him. With that, I end this episode and I shall see you on the next one. Inshallah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hope you find it beneficial and just sort of be able to remind yourself of your goals and your own missions for not just this world, but also the next. With that, I end this week's episode and I hope to see you in the next one, inshallah. Much love and prayers for me, Farihin.